I'm James Milley. And I'm Alex Mito. And this is The Artist Business Plan, your favorite weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs, hosted by Superfine Art Fair. What's going on, business artists? Welcome to Artspiration, a special segment on the Artist Business Plan, where we highlight an artist from the Superfine community and talk to them about what's working for them, tips and tricks for other artists, and what they're excited about. What's special about this episode is that this Artspiration, Celine, started out as an ABP listener, just like all of you out there. So Celine really knows how to apply Artist Business Plan tips to work for her and boost her own art career. On this Artspiration episode, we have Celine Gabrielle here with us on the mic. Celine is going to share some awesome tips with you today on how to take your inspirations and turn them into a career. I don't know about you, but I'm so excited to hear what she has to say. But first, I've got an amazing offer here just for you ABP listeners. Artists, have you ever felt anxious, alone, and not sure about the next move for your career? Good news, those days are over. For nearly six years, we've taken thousands of hours to develop the best art fair model for artists out there. Superfine art fairs have helped hundreds of artists just like you take control of their careers, build relationships with collectors, and create the art income and freedom that you deserve. For a limited time, we are offering you the chance to not only get a great discount on your booth, but also appear on this very podcast as a special guest reaching thousands of artists, art influencers, collectors, and arts professionals every day. To find out how you can take advantage of this incredible opportunity, just visit www.superfine.world slash offer to learn more. We can't wait to welcome you to the Superfine community and start helping you sell more art today. All right, so we're back here with Celine Gabrielle, and we are ready to change the way that you think about your art career. Celine Gabrielle loves bright colors and is influenced by pop culture, fashion, style, design, and architecture. Celine's work has recently been acquired for the private collection of art world superstar Ashley Longshore. She won the People's Choice Award at the Artist Project in Toronto 2020 and was featured in the collection Best of LA. Welcome to the Artist Business Plan, Celine. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely. And thank you for being here. Now, before we dive into it, Celine, I just want to ask something to help our listeners get to know the real you. It's a little tradition here um, that we're taking from the artist business, business plan. What is the earliest memory that you have of art? So I was really lucky to be surrounded by a lot of different things. So I thought about this a little bit and how I would answer it. But I think the main trigger for me or artspiration when I was a kid was my father was a graphic designer and this was in the 80s and so back then he did everything by hand he had in his workspace at home markers and papers and just funky weird wax solutions with this hot melter thing and a light table and and so I would spend a lot of time just messing around with all of his professional supplies and then he would take me with him to the art supply store which was like heaven on earth in my eyes and he'd always let me sort of get something weird and wonderful that I didn't know what I was doing with just to experiment with at home and I think that was a huge trigger for letting creativity fly when I was, when I was younger. So yeah, that's sort of the little one I thought I would share. 
I like that you pointed out um, the fact that he was a graphic designer in the 80s meant that he did everything by hand. As a, a digital artist myself, uh, anytime, I, I'm, I primarily work digitally, um, but I was just talking with someone yesterday actually about how in college when I took a film photography class for you know analog photography, that was such a big game changer for me, just like having to do everything by hand, step by step and, and not having, you know, the, the digital luxuries that we have nowadays. So I, I love that that's sort of your, um, the background that you have in your own art. And, and definitely you can see how, how precise you are with your own work. Um, anyone that is listening should absolutely go and look at Celine's work right now. But I, I love that story. Thank you so much for sharing. <laughs> So let's go ahead and jump into the rest of the questions that we have for you. So Celine, to start off, uh, you are inspired by fashion and design, like I mentioned before. My question for you is, do you design the outfits in your paintings and would you ever branch out into the fashion industry? Yeah. So yes, clearly, if you look at my work, you can see, obviously, there's a strong focus on fashion. But one of the things that I love so much about fashion is that like the identity that we have and the stories behind why we wear what we wear. So to that point, when I was a teenager is when I was trying to figure out like, you know, what path it would take and how I really wanted to have some creativity in my life, but I liked painting. I liked fine arts, but I also, even back then was really into fashion, but I wanted to be different. I wanted to be my own person. I didn't want to wear what everybody else was wearing. So back then I was creating and making my own clothes because I thought, well, hey, maybe I'll, you know, pursue fashion. But also as a teenager, I had really severe imposter syndrome and just would talk myself out of pursuing a lot of things, fear and, you know, fear of failure would just sort of hold me back. So even though I really enjoyed doing that, I didn't ever actually pursue it. And so that brings me to where we are now and sort of the second part of your question, like would I branch out into the fashion industry? Well, I'll never say never. So you, you just don't know. But what I'm doing now, I, I have this love-hate relationship with the actual fashion industry. As much as I love seeing how people express themselves with clothing and these amazing garments that can be made, it's also a very wasteful industry and it's really terrible for our planet. And so it's like this weird push-pull feelings that I have. So at the moment, my paintings are actually a mix. Some of the images would be more like haute couture images that I've found, but a lot of them I've started taking my own reference photos. And sometimes, actually most often when it's my own, it's thrifted fashion. So it's either outfits that I'll put together from thrifting or one of my favorite pieces actually is one of my favorites, not just because of the painting, but back to the story behind the garment. I don't know if I have time to tell you that story, but if I do, I'd love to. So I live in this tiny town of like 4,000 people and there's a thrift store downtown. And so I was walking by and I saw this beautiful buttery rich yellow dress with like all these ruffles in the vintage store and I'd never done this before but I thought oh my god I would just love like the intricacies of that dress to paint so I went and talked to the shop owner and said hey like 
do you think you would ever like rent me the dress for a day so I could photograph it for a painting? Because it's also like a size zero and it would never fit me. I could never actually wear it, but I just thought, you know, for a painting. So anyway, she said, well, I don't actually own it. It's on consignment. So if I get in touch with the owner and she's into it, I'll let you know. So she gets in touch with the owner. The owner reaches out to me immediately and tells me this incredible story of how she's just sort of finally ready to let this dress go because it's been such a meaningful piece in her family because way, way, way back, her family was from Russia and there was turmoil in that country. And so her family had to flee. And the, this dress was from her great aunt, but her great aunt's family left in like a horse and carriage with like 13 kids. And they made their way eventually after a lot of trial and tribulation to Canada. And then even once they got here, they were farmers and they were moved to an area, but then there were terrible floods. And so they had to move to another area. And then finally, once their family was settled and started to, to do well, her family, her great aunt, the, the owner of this dress, was graduating for, from high school and she was the first in their family. And so they like saved money and drove to New York City to buy her this Vogue Miss beautiful dress. And that was her graduation dress. And so I like got little goosebumps when I'm hearing this story because it wasn't just a dress, you know, it was si- signifier of overcoming obstacles and celebration and, you know, just a really amazing story. And so, yeah, that's, that's aside from the beauty of the fashion, it's really about the stories. And so I'm trying to incorporate more and more of that in my, in my paintings. So as you were telling the story, I did find the painting you're referring to on your Instagram. First of all, beautiful painting. I love the story behind that. You can see the essence of the story that you just said in terms of like the pose that you used for the model in the painting, everything that you just said. I really feel that in the painting that you made. So I totally understand what you're saying, especially about the fashion industry. Like, you know, I have a very outside perspective on it, but I know how wasteful it is, like you're saying, and to be able to appreciate fashion, but in this other art form, uh, I think is very cool. And, and I think that you've done an excellent job kind of marrying the two together in in this. And like you said, not just making it about like, ooh, look at this dress, but also like there's a story behind this. You know, it's the fashion is being used as a vehicle to describe the story that you're trying to tell in the painting. So I, I think you do an excellent job with that, Celine. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so Celine, my next question for you, what are your best three tips for expanding your work's reach. Okay. So I'm a newbie artist here. I've really only been pursuing professionally my art career since 2020. So what I would say is share, share. And then when you think you're done sharing, share some more. And so breaking that down a little bit, I mean, obviously I know everybody's going to think social media and absolutely that's been a huge vehicle for me. Again, back to the fact that I live in a tiny area with basically no art community. Social media has been a way that I've literally been able to reach people all over the world. So I would definitely invest time there. But the other things to remember too is like building your email list. I've recently really started to do that because I've seen a number of people on social media, you know, lose their accounts or whatever. And so to have a bit more control with emails and then any in-person opportunity that you can share your work 
So like art fairs, for example, have been really successful for me. So that would be like the first thing is just share, share and keep sharing because, and also like with my dad in the graphic industry and advertising, I know like you think people are sick of seeing your stuff, but really they probably haven't seen barely any of it unless they're totally stalking you 24 seven. You know, they're just not, it's just not getting seen. So that's the reason you need to keep sharing. And that's, yeah, that's been successful. So that's the first thing. The second thing that I actually recently on my Instagram, it's still in my Instagram IG lives. And I was just telling everybody how one of my goals for this year was to apply for absolutely everything. So I applied for open calls and awards and magazines and grants and learning opportunities and residency is like, I just kept applying for things. And again, that has really come back to me, even though I'm not accepted, not even like 50% of the time. The reason why it's so beneficial is because a, you practice putting yourself out there and um, writing about your work and describing your work and all of that good stuff. But you also never know who is looking at your application. This really stuck in my mind. Like, even if I'm not accepted to something, if it is juried, and there are people who you admire, who you'd love to be basically forced to look at your work by applying for that opportunity, they'll be looking at your work. So even if you're not accepted for that thing, you just never know what may come of it you know, down the road. So I definitely think that's a worthwhile. And then the last thing that's benefited me is community. So I'm like a broken record here, small town, no artistic community. So I've had to really try to make my own. And at first I looked into like, there's tons of Facebook groups that you can join, but they're not all necessarily going to be for you. So I would say maybe join some if you're on that platform and try that out until you find one that fits. For me, I know you're familiar with Katerina Popova, who spearheaded the Art Queens, which is a membership community. So you do have to pay to be a part of it. But for me, that is where I found my people. And it's been fabulous and supportive. And I can ask stupid questions and share my work and get feedback. And that's been invaluable to me. And then also, the art fair that I've been to, we built a community there. So that was a nice opportunity to build a community with other artists. And so I'm looking forward to being at Superfine and doing that all again, because just hanging out with other artists in real life has been, you know, invaluable to me. And actually, James, I hope you don't mind me saying, but I also have a podcast called Art Okay Cool. Yeah, you are more than welcome to plug your own podcast. Please do so. It's very, and you know, you guys give so much advice, which is amazing. My podcast, it's actually a friend, artist, colleague that I met at another art fair. Her name is Jade. And we decided that we were going to share like the behind the scenes day to day of the two of us trying to build our art careers. And through that, we're also building communities. So things have happened from sharing our experience and our knowledge with that. So yeah, those would be my, those would be my top three, share, apply and build community. Absolutely. Celine, those were, those were three amazing tips. And I love the way that you broke them down to just kind of recapping very briefly. So first tip, share, 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 and share more when you think you've already shared enough. I, I really like the way that you broke it down in kind of these like three buckets, right? So there's social media, which is sort of the largest number of people, but also maybe like you're only exposing yourself to them for a few seconds at a time when they're 
when they're scrolling through. And then some people they'll look for a few minutes, but it's a lot of people, which is the benefit of it. And then there's kind of this medium bucket, which I would say is newsletters where you have that control. It's still a, a large number of people and you can kind of reach out to them in a more dedicated way. And then like you mentioned with art fairs, where it's if you're getting a certain number of contacts from that, but each of those people is like seeing you in person, talking with you for a few minutes at a time. I mean, so you're kind of getting these these three different levels um, and doing all three together is it will just give you this like very wholesome, well-rounded exposure of your art to people that are, it's going to result in those, those sales, those connections that lead to other benefits in your art career. So definitely, I think that's great applying for everything like you mentioned. Um, so, you know, not only just to get the, uh, the practice, but to also get your art in front of the eyes of people in the art industry. I mean, I completely agree with you. I mean, even when there's, you know, an artist who is or isn't in Superfine, I mean, you like us being involved with all these other different aspects of the art industry, other fairs, uh, galleries, shows, like it's just, we're seeing it all. And, you know, when an artist is popping up in a bunch of different places, you start to think, oh, okay, who's this artist? Like, you know, I want to know more about them. So definitely like just getting your work out there. It's the same for like an, an actor who's auditioning. Like, even if you don't get accepted for the part, you know, you are starting to be seen by those casting agents. And the next time, you know, the next time you're auditioning for something and it's that same casting agent, you know, they're going to be like, oh, I remember what you did last time. Like, and you seem to kind of be getting your name out there. So, you know, I'm going to pay attention to you more. So I think that's such a great tip. And definitely what you're saying about community. And the thing I just want to point out is like, if you live in a place that doesn't have an art community or a community in general, I love that you're building the community yourself, Celine, instead of just kind of accepting that there isn't a community around you. There was another artist who's been on the podcast before. His name is Greg Salvatore. He spearheaded going to mess up the exact name of it, but it's it's like the um, Provincetown Gallery Walk. Um, so he basically, he made an app for it. He brought all of the galleries together in Provincetown to all be on this same, this same group, the same community, because there's a lot of galleries in Provincetown, but there's they weren't really connected before each person was just doing their own thing. And what ended up happening was this very prevalent art community was kind of hidden for people who were actually coming there. So, you know, if you think that you don't have an art community around you, it might just be that, you know, those connections haven't been made, but there might be people, you know, that you should definitely get in touch with. And let's say you just do live somewhere that's extremely remote. That's okay too. bring it online. Like you did Celine. Uh, and you know, I, I love that you have a podcast. Uh, say the name of it one more time. It's called Art. Okay, cool. <laughs> I, I love the emphasis on that. You know why we had that name? It's because every other name was taken, right? Like anything art related. And I say, okay, cool about everything. You know, somebody's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So, you know, art. Okay, cool. I love just how very simply that's just breaking down like, hey, you know, art doesn't need to be that complicated or stressful. It's like this art. Okay, cool. All right, let's do this. We're going to do it together. Amazing, Celine. So my next question for you, could you tell us a little bit about your experience with art fairs? You started to, you started to talk about it just before, um, but if you want to elaborate a little more, 
and what you think artists can do to better their experience at an art fair. Okay. So again, I'm a real newbie here because my very first art fair was March 2020 and then February the whole world shut down. So I've actually only got to do one in-person art fair. That is until very soon when I'll be at Superfly. But (laughs) yeah, so everything I had like three lined up and then of course they were all canceled, pushed back, whatever. So my one in-person fair, actually a kind of a cool story about that, I'll tell you guys too, is every fair has different things like, you know, because you really know that world very well. But the one that I applied for in Toronto, so I'm in Canada, they have a component specifically for emerging artists. And so I applied for the fair, but also for that, that component, because the cool thing about that is if they select you for that section of the fair, you get to go for free. So Everybody who has looked into going to art fairs is pretty standard. You know, you pay a fee to participate and and all that good stuff. But for my very first one to be accepted and in this area was really special because it just gave me that little extra boost of confidence that, okay, A, I was selected and B, you know, I'm not going to have to come out. Obviously, I had to travel, but, you know, coming out of pocket. And then when I was at the fair, I did mention that. So because we're all emerging artists in this section, we really, everybody was open to chatting and connecting and helping each other out. If somebody had to take a little break, somebody would sort of keep an eye on your booth. And and that was truly, truly amazing. And so, yeah, I would say give it a try if you're worried or I was super nervous because I'm self-taught. I didn't go to art school. I don't have artsy friends. So I thought, oh, you know, artists are these very posh, snobby people and they're not going to want to talk to me because I'm like from a small town and self-taught. But, you know, it like, no, any any falsehoods you have in your head, they're falsehoods. People are fabulous and wonderful. And so I think, yeah, just go and give it a try. And then you were asking about like, how can you do it better? So obviously, I think I had a lot to learn at that fair. <laughs> fair. But the main thing, sort of back to what we talked about earlier too, that I didn't do, which I will be fully prepared this time, is two things. One, again, learn to talk to people about your art. So yes, you're an introvert. Yes, you're shy. You don't like talking to people. You don't know what to say. Doesn't matter. Throw that away practice, practice on your friends and family before you go, practice recording yourself on your iPhone, write down questions people might ask, just get really super comfortable talking about yourself, your practice and your art, because that's what people want to do. They want to talk about those things. So do that. And then once you've made that connection with them, don't back off. Don't be shy. Like before they're about to walk away, ask them to sign up for your email list. And if you're too shy to do that, if that seems like it's just too much, then at least have beautiful, you know, um, business cards with your information so that you can give that to them so they can find you. Because what I found is that a lot of people are there to discover new talent, to see a little bit about you, but not everybody necessarily is going to purchase something from you right away. Or maybe they're not looking to purchase at all, but they'll support you in different ways. You just don't know who you're talking to or what will come of it. So try to make the connection at the fair and then keep that connection going however you can, preferably email, but also just give them your information so they know how to find you. 
Absolutely. And I mean, that's, that's such an integral part to the art fair process, because yes, you're going to have people who are ready to buy on the spot. Like there are people who are shopping at art fairs the day of that they're visiting, but then there's people who they need that time, especially for those larger purchases. You know, sometimes, you know, they need to either go back home, they need to measure something, they, they just need to marinate on it. They're seeing they are seeing like a good amount of art that day. So they do need to digest it and like pick out like exactly what their favorites are. So sticking out is going to be the thing that makes you the the one that they decide on, uh, ultimately, when they're ready. And definitely, I, I like that you made that distinction of, you know, first, try to gather their information. That's always what we recommend is that you should be getting their email before you're just giving your business card because you are in control of the conversation at that point instead of relying on that person to follow through, which they very well might, especially when they're they're just like super interested. But, you know, business cards, they get crumpled. They, but it's some things happen to them. However, like you mentioned, Celine, not everyone is going to give you their email and if you can learn to read read the the dynamic of of how you're talking to that person and if it seems like they're just not going to be giving the info instead of just then completely being disconnected for them from them uh, then giving your business card and having it really nice having it something that stands out i know some artists they um they'll add even just like a single brush stroke or something to their business card so that it's just a little more personal you can do things like you know, make it where if they, if they, let's say they're, they're grabbing 30 business cards from all the artists that they like at that fair, how is yours going to stand out? Like, how is it literally going to stand out? Like it's going to like not quite sit properly in a stack and they're going to be like, Ooh, look at this. So I, I completely agree on that. And yes, what you first said as well, just like making sure that you know how to talk about your art we, we survey the visitors who come to Superfine and over 75% say that their favorite thing about Superfine is meeting the artists and talking to them about their work. So that is such a big reason that someone is is purchasing art, especially at a fair like Superfine. It's not just that they're, um, you know, they want you to leave them alone and when they want to buy something, they will. No, they want you to talk to them. <laughs> they that That's exactly what they want. Cool. Well, Celine, this has been such an amazing conversation. Uh, Let's just bring it home for our listeners out there. And I have uh, one more question for you. What do you think our listeners should do right now to start revving up their careers in a big way? Ooh, I think we touched on all that. I think they should just, well, A, start creating. Because, (laughs) Because I don't know if people who are listening have been like, wanting to make stuff, but they're not doing it yet. So I would say just start and then yeah, right away, even before you're ready. Like I started working professionally, I would say like actively building a collection and and trying to sell my work in 2020. But it took me 20 years before I actually got back to creating from that first like as a teenager, I talked about, but then fear held me back. And I had a whole different career for 20 years. And then finally, all the stars aligned and magic pixie fairy dust was sprinkled on me in 2018. And I started creating and, and from, and from day one, like from that 2018, I started an Instagram. I told nobody in my family cause I was a little embarrassed and I just started posting the little things I was dabbling on and I was doing some Instagram challenges and I started to share. And then it just helped me build my confidence and 
acceptance of what I was doing. And then it grew and grew and it's just continuing to grow. So I would say, yeah, start creating, start experimenting, and then start sharing that with the world. That's why we create. We want other people to see it and enjoy it. And nothing can happen if you keep it locked up and hidden away just for yourself. So if you want to grow and expand, which I think you do if you listen to this podcast, then put your work out there. Absolutely. For some reason, there's there's just this like guilt or embarrassment, like you said, that a lot of artists feel about creating work. And I've felt it as well as an artist. And, you know, th- there's no reason that you should feel that way. Yes, we're listening to an art business podcast right now, which so obviously the business side of things is important. But if you're not making art, then you're not actually you don't have anything to have a business around. Like the business is your art, so you do need to make it. There's an acronym that I love to use, and it's sort of like the four the four elements of a business that you need to have. So there's marketing, operations, product, and sales. And so that that stands for MOPS. Product is your art. That's that's one one of the four main components you need to have if your product isn't like being updated and it's not the best it can be if it doesn't exist because you're not making art then you have nothing to sell you have nothing to market and you don't have anything to build the system that is your business around so you need to start with creating like you said celine absolutely could not agree more absolutely and i I think people i think people too feel like oh well people are going to criticize or not like it or whatever trust me people are not you know, until you get to a certain point, I think it's almost less intimidating if you start when you're first starting out, because eventually your work gets better. And that's when more people are seeing you because you've been consistently posting and your work has evolved and your following grows. And then, you know, it all goes hand in hand. But again, none of it starts until you start. So yeah, it's just it's a snowball effect that starts with you making art. (laughs) So get out there, make some art. To all of you business artists out there, Celine has been here with us today sharing her amazing perspective. You're going to want to listen to this over and over again until you've memorized everything we've said, um, which you can do so by listening to this again on our website at superfine.world. To connect with Celine, you can follow her at Celine Gabrielle Art on Instagram, and you can also visit CelineGabrielleArt.com. Very consistent. Always, I always love that. As always, remember that we are at Superfine Art Fair on Instagram, and we always appreciate you sharing the artist business plan whenever you're listening to it. Once again, we do really appreciate it if you could just take a moment of your time to write us a review on Apple Podcasts. Those are so critical in helping other artists, entrepreneurs, just like yourselves, find us. As always, I'd like to wrap up the class by sharing a quick quote with you all. The quote is by Emile Zola, and the quote is, If you ask me what I came to do in this world, I, an artist, will answer you, I came to live out loud. Celine, it has been such a pleasure having you here with us today. Thank you for sharing your perspective with our listeners. For that, we are so grateful. Thanks, James. This was so much fun. Yes, absolutely. And I can't wait to see you in person at the fair very soon. Everyone else, have an awesome rest of your day. And remember to stay on top of your artist business plan. Get out there and make it happen. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Artist Business Plan, a weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs brought to you by Superfine Art Fair. 
Hosted by Superfine CEO Alex Mito and co-founder slash professional artist James Milley, join us and leaders in the art, marketing, and business arenas each week for tips, tricks, and value bombs designed to help you thrive and sell more art. For more information on applying to Superfine Art Fair, as well as recordings of this and all of our past podcasts, just visit www.superfine.world. We love to hear what you have to say, so follow us on Instagram at superfineartfair and shoot us a message to let us know you're listening. Looking for a more personal connection or want to exhibit at an upcoming fair? Shoot us an email at artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world and we'll get right back to you. That's artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world.